Hey there, my name is Lexi, and thank you so much for joining me this week for the Lex Chat. In this Lex Chat, I'm going to be talking about the performative nature of engineering and how being an engineer is a performative job in that I'm always finding that I need to mold and match my energy to whoever is in the room and try to match the vibe that kind of conversation, right? So if that is a conversation you are interested in hearing more about, stay tuned. Before we get into the Lex chat, let's do the Lex check, where I just give a quick update on what's going on in life and, uh, you know, any other honorable mentions for the week or upcoming events, the Lex check. So first thing I wanna talk about is congratulations to myself because I am officially a certified personal trainer and I am currently working on the nutritionist aspect of the education through the ISSA, which is International Sports, International Sports something of America. But um, I got my CPT, which is Certified Personal Trainer thing, back in November. Um, I passed the online test with the ISSA, and then I took the national exam in person, like a proctored exam at a facility out here, and I passed that. So I got my certification as a personal trainer, and now I'm working on the nutritionist aspect of it. And I'm excited. Um, well, I'm, I'm nervous first off because it's a whole, it's not a new field to me, but being in the gyms and working as far as like being in the fitness industry, I haven't done that in years. I haven't worked at a gym since 2018, 2018, 2019. So that part is a little bit scary because it feels like I'm starting a new job and I don't want it to be like, I'm leaving music behind or anything. It's just, I'm adding on to what I like to do. I've always worked out. I've always had an interest in fitness. So I feel like why not try to make it profitable by becoming a certified personal trainer and certified uh, nutritionist through the ISSA. So it's just scary in that the same way I had to build up my clientele for engineering and music, is the same thing that I'm gonna have to do to build up clientele for the fitness aspect that I'm adding on to my repertoire of skills, right? So, and you know how many years I've put into investing into music? <laughs> I haven't put nearly as much effort or as much investment into fitness beyond the time it takes to work out or beyond, you know, getting a, a gym membership. Braid up by Kay, that's my cousin, y'all. Hey! What's up? <laughs> I'm just doing the Lex check right now, um, updating on my life. I don't know if you know this, but I do like a podcast, which is what this is right now, which is what I'm doing right now. But yeah, just talking about how um, I got my certification as a, per as a personal trainer, and now I'm studying to be certified as a nutritionist. And I think... I'm making it a little more difficult on myself than I need to because I have a client base already. And that client base is from the music that I'm doing. So 
And I've already been talking to some of my clients and asking them, you know, letting them know that I am certified now and that I'm working on my nutritionist portion. And everyone's like, yeah, I think I need a trainer. But people needing a trainer and then them actually hiring me outside of the studio as a trainer, I worry about people keeping me in a box. Braid Up by Kay says, you have always loved working out, so this is a great venture. Thank you. I would have to agree. And yeah, I just want to make sure that anything that I already like to do in life, why not see if I can make money from it? Hopefully it won't take away like the fun aspect of it for me, but hopefully it will just like inspire me to keep learning more and inspire me to keep bettering myself. And something that I'm noticing from just studying the nutritionist aspect of it, I already knew I wasn't really taking care of myself that great, but now I'm like able to put words and vocabulary to what I'm doing to my body by not like taking care of myself too well, okay? DJ Proof says, hey beautiful, what's up DJ Proof? And what's up to everybody just clicking in, we are currently doing the Lex Check portion of the Lex Chat. Y'all can see that I pinned to the comments that this week's topic is engineering as a performative job. So if that's something y'all are interested in talking about, then definitely stay tuned in. Um, I'm just going to update y'all on a few more like life events and then we'll get into the topic. Melody Seaway says, what up Lex? I haven't seen you in a long time. Where you been at? You still doing music? DJ Proof says, nothing much, too broke to sleeping. Too broke to sleep. <laughs> I feel you on that. And uh, speaking of too broke to sleep, I think one of my, part of my like money story, which is like how I relate to money, I'm always like worried about not making enough money. <laughs> and Oh man, too broke to sleep. If that was a person, it'd be me this week. Cause just yesterday, well, let me, let me start with today. Cause my days are so blurry just based on the fact that my schedule in music is all over the place. So for those who didn't know, I'm a singer and songwriter, but I work as an audio engineer to pay my bills. And I am thankful to have a client who is consistent and he keeps me working like five, at least five days out the week, but he's kind of a rock star in the way that he works all hours of the day. He likes to be in the studio like after 11 o'clock, most times after midnight. Braid Up by Kay says, being an entre entrepreneur is always a worried feeling. It is always worrying because I always worry about, especially with uh, being an audio engineer and you know singer, um, and then to go back to the fitness thing too, I have to put in more hours as an entrepreneur than I ever had to do working W-2 for somebody else. And I was having a conversation with one of my film friends today and we were just like, I was explaining to him like how I pay myself. So technically I, I am employed by my own company. I'm the only employee right now, but how I pay myself is I, it took like a, maybe like six, well, really, I based it off of what I used to get paid from my regular jobs. And I just translated that into what that would look like for audio engineering, right? So let's say I made 1600 either working in gyms for a full time or when I was managing the studio and he paid me monthly 1600 So that was like my baseline. 
I upped it to 1700, but I did pretty well maintaining my bills and maintaining my responsibility, making that much money per month. So, and this is kind of going to go into Lexi Finance, which I have to do a better job of updating. So that's another venture I'm going to look into getting to finance side of things um, and at least helping people with credit card debt. But as far as like I used those paychecks and observing my income to determine, okay, this is a baseline. This is how much I am used to making. So can I maintain making this much for myself outside of the umbrella of somebody else's company under my own company, right? Right up by K says what you want to get paid times the hours times why it's why it take what it takes to maintain the business. And there's this funny audio going around on I don't have TikTok, but everything on TikTok gets to uh, Instagram. There's this funny audio going around where it's like, um, I started a business so I wouldn't have to work a nine to five for someone else's company. Now I work 24 seven. Fuck. <laughs> I want to do I want to do something to that video. What up, Viz? Oh man, uh, let's see. Thirty Snares says you have your LLC for both businesses. I spreadsheet everything. So I currently have my LLC for entertainment for music. So anything as it pertains to what I do in the studio or when I get booked as a singer for private events or um, a model for music videos. All of that falls under entertainment. So that falls under my Lexi solo group, which is an LLC. Um, when I get better with the fitness stuff, I'm going to eventually incorporate that. And then I also want to get into car rental through Toro. So I will eventually do an LLC for that and just try to, you know, figure out ways to make multiple streams of income for myself. But to start, the way that I pay myself is... The baseline that I had was, okay, I'm used to making this much. Can I make this much money under my own umbrella and not under the umbrella of someone else's company? And so that became like a quota that I created for myself. So if I made 1600 a month, right? Let's say that there are four weeks, roughly four weeks in every month. That means I need to be making $400 a week. All right, how much do I get paid per hour? Let's say that I'm getting paid $20 per hour. So that is 5, 10, 5, 10, 15, 20. That's 20 hours a week, at least 20 hours a week that I need to work to make my quota of $400 weekly. And so that's how I've been breaking it down. And I experimented a little bit where when I first got off of being paid um, salary as the when I first got off of being paid salary as the manager of the studio, what's up, Pillow? I I experimented with, okay, there's 30 days in the month. Let's say that I go hard for 23 days and then the last week or so of the month, I'll chill out and be able to do whatever. That actually worked pretty well for a while because um, I was struggling with burning out and like basically because I'm afraid of not making enough money. I was overextending myself and throwing myself all over the place. Um, and I was burning myself out. And then engineering was not fun because I was doing sessions because I had to, not because I actually liked the people, which that's that's with anything you do in life. You're not, you're not always going to necessarily love every aspect of the job. But this was during a time, especially when engineering was not necessarily that fun for me. So 
that's something I had to deal with. Um, Dirty Snare said I spreadsheet everything. So yes, spreadsheets were a big help for me after I established my baseline and then I established a weekly quota for how much I wanted to make. I created a spreadsheet on Google Google Sheets, I think it's called, which is basically like Excel, but in Google Drive on Google. I like it a lot because it's like cloud-based um, and I can connect it to my phone and all that good stuff. But I created a spreadsheet and I might make it available on my website. But basically the date, the description of the job, um, how much money is coming in or how much money is going out, the method of payment and when I deposited the money. So if I, if, if it was a cash app, when did I cash out for that money to go into my account? If it was cash, when did I deposit it into the bank? And then a process column for when did I take note of this money? Like it's a lot that I have to explain, but basically when I have processed something, that means that I have looked at the money for that week and I set aside, this is how much is for, for my payroll. This is how much I'm using for taxes. This is how much is going towards business expense. This is how much is going towards profit. So I have five business accounts, right? And I actually did an online course for taxes for like LLCs or just getting more organized with money in general. And I put this suggestion into practice. Girl, this cat is doing a lot. So he recommended five accounts. First account is the income account. That's all of the money that you're making, all the money that people are paying you comes into this one account. And then you have four other accounts. You have your payroll, business expenses, your taxes, and your profit. So depending on how much you want to pay yourself, how much money you want available, or how you want to break down your money. Um, for me, I pay myself first. My payroll is 70% of all the money that I bring in during the month. So I have a payroll account, 70% of all the money I bring in. I have a business expense account, which is 10% of all the money I bring in. 10%? Yes. And then I have a taxes account, which is 20% of all the money I bring in, you know, um, withhold taxes for when I have to file at the end of the year, or that will become my tax return. And then I have a profit account, which is of the business expenses, 10% of that amount goes to my profit account. And that's how I break down my money. And that's how I have um, my different accounts set up. Uh, Braid Up by Kay says, do you have a consistent clientele? Um, Right now, I have one for sure consistent client. <laughs> and the way that I'm trying to do that, like I know that it's very tricky and very scary to only rely on like one or two clients. I do have a lot of people that I work with, but he is the only one right now that is consistently booking like three to five times a week. Like it was a gym workout. Um, other clients, this is the scary part too about being in the music industry and what would become scary for being in the fitness industry as a personal trainer. Clients are going to go through certain cycles where, especially with music, right? There is a stage or a phase where we're in the studio nonstop recording all the music. And then there's a stage where we are mastering the mu or mixing the music, 
making sure that all the levels are good, making sure that it sounds nice and getting it ready for distribution. And then there's the, the phase where we are mastering the song, which is bringing everything up to standard to be distributed on radio, pitched to film, TV shows, video games, all of that stuff. So during those phases, I that's where I make the bulk of my money by recording and by mixing and by mastering or referring them out to my mastering engineers. Um, another way that I can try to stay in contact is offering my services by distributing the content for them. So I sit down with them, we do a consultation, we create either a CD Baby profile or DistroKid, which are just platforms to distribute the music through Tidal, um, Spotify, Apple Music, whatever streaming platform. So I offer that service, but a bulk of my money is made during the recording, mixing and mastering phase. After they do that, artists will go into performance mode or they'll go into um, like music video mode, content mode, promo mode, which at that point I lose them and they like, you know, they are not going to be as consistent in the studio because they moved on to the next phase. So that's very says, right. I hate recording wannabe rappers to pay bills. It gets extremely draining. Oh, what's up, Livy? Libby. Libby V. I just combined your name. So sorry. Dirty Snares also says you can also donate your time and deduct that for charitable contribution. Hmm. That's a new one that I will need to be educated on because I'm not sure about that. But yeah. I mentioned how I wasn't the most happiest with the most happiest. I wasn't the happiest during that time as far as like engineering. Engineering was not really fun for me during that time because music is something that I love. It's something that I've been doing for a long time. And my cousin Braid Up by Kay, she could attest to that um, because she was there. Like I got a computer one Christmas and it had a built-in microphone and I was recording um, in my dad's garage. I, I released two albums and <laughs> actually she helped me do the artwork for the second album and it looked way more professional than the first album. I don't, I don't know, she was, yeah, you were living with us by then, Kim. You had moved to the States by then. But yeah, um, music is supposed to be a fun thing, right? And it wasn't fun because now I have to, even if I don't like recording these people or I don't necessarily like what they talk about or they're not the most respectful or they're not the best communicating uh, clients or artists, I still have to take the job. Or if it's a one hour session, I still have to take the job because, oh my God, I didn't meet my own quota. So engineering was not fun in that aspect because I needed the money. I, I wasn't just enjoying the process, which actually ends up hurting because not only does it make it feel like a job, but clients can oftentimes feel that as well. And you're not going to engage as much when you're not enjoying it, which is what I found myself. Like I was, I became a button presser for a little bit where I, I didn't like the music these people were making. I didn't want to give suggestions because 
I had also been advised by somebody before that if you are giving input, you need to be charging for your input. If you are vocally producing people, you need to be charging because you are engineering and vocally producing them. So I wasn't trying to give my input because I felt like, you know, y'all don't have the money to pay me for all those extra things anyway. Um, but it was making the sessions not like comfortable, um, not fun. And I had to get out of that and realize that if I make sure that I that people are going to have a great experience with me, it'll be more fun for me and they will see that I care about the final product. Whether I rock with your music or not, the sound quality is gonna be there. But me being involved, that's showing you that I care that you want to do this music thing. Whether you're gonna take it seriously as an artist or whether you just come in here to do it because it's something fun for you to do. So when I changed the way that I approached it, because the other thing was people are not as educated as far as like, if the engineer is giving you input, that's creative input into the track. Am I gonna get paid for that? Or are you at least going to give me credits on this song because I helped it become what it is? But yeah, enough of that rambling. We got some questions. Libby V asks, how much do you charge for engineering per hour? Currently, it depends where I work, but on average, it's $20 per hour. It's ranging 20 to 35 per hour. Um, yeah, for my engineering fee. Pillow Jones asks, first question, are you going to go with the project title Good Girl Gone Ratchet? That would be fire. I've been thinking about it since you said it last night. And I screenshot that again. I've definitely been thinking about it since you said so last night. Um, that would be a good way for me to be able to include the more rap kind of records that I've been doing lately. Because I have a solid seven R&B songs ready. But I've been on my rap-ish for the past month now. So that would be a great way to get the rap songs onto the album and avoid it being just an R&B album. Right up cases, those were the days back when I was recording in the garage and we was pressing up the CDs and the artwork. And it's like, ah, right up by cases. That's where the boundaries come in. Libby V says no to button pressing. Braid up by cases, charge your worth. Libby V says, if I vocal produce or give input, I get a percentage on the splits. Yeah. Um, my fear, it used to be that these people, because they're usually people, the kind of, and it's the kind of studio that I work out of. It's more of a budget studio. It's not a very like, it's not a studio that's like geared towards the more label people, the more major people. So I used to worry about these people aren't even educated enough to know how they're going to get paid for their money. They think how they're going to get paid for their music. They think they're just going to throw it up on these streaming platforms and it's going to go viral and they're going to be rich. And they are just really naive to all of the legwork that goes into this. So that used to be my fear. But now I just want to have a good time in the session. So I try to give my input. If they give me some pushback, it might mess up the vibe for a little bit, but I'll risk that if I can have a chance at enjoying the session and you and risk you coming out with a better song because I'm more involved. Pillow Jones says, big facts. If I'm just engineering, I'm indeed just pressing buttons and following directions. Zero musicality involved. LOL. <laughs> oh, man. 
Yeah, it really depends on the kind of artist. It depends on the people that I'm working with because it has been my my belief that I'm going to let the artist kind of dictate how this session is going to go. So if you let me know that you want my input, and if you don't say anything about it, I will test the waters to see if I can give you input if you're open to it. Otherwise, if you don't let me know or if you give me too much pushback in the session, I will become just a button presser. Because what I don't want to do and what irritates me is when people either want, they say they want my advice, but they don't take it or they um, give me attitude about like, you know, how involved I am or they don't take my, I don't know. I had a second point, but I forgot it just that quick. Basically, I get annoyed by people not, like they might ask for my advice, but then they don't take it when I make suggestions. So I'll end up shutting down because why am I making suggestions, wasting my breath? And you're not gonna follow the directions anyway. You came to me because you trust my sound, you like my music, you want me to kind of give you what I do, but you're not listening to what I'm telling you. And I try to tell this to artists all the time too, as a sidebar. I'm the type of engineer that because I'm an artist first, I understand that I am not, as an artist, the reason why I engineer myself is because I don't like people trying to tell me what to do, how to sing the song, what to say. I already have in my head how I want to tell this story. Sometimes it irritates me. Most times it irritates me when people try to tell me what they think I should be doing. So that's why I usually engineer myself. So having that understanding that I already have an idea of what I want, I try to make sure that I keep myself in check by only allowing myself to compliment what the artist is going to do and not, you know, and not pushing my own style onto them. Show me what you got and I will show you how you can do better at what you have. Libby V says, damn, they getting a hell of a deal. I'm over here charging 130 an hour. See, I'm doing something wrong. But you have your own studio. And that also comes with like, you have the clout, you have the credentials, you got the plaques, you got the placements. So when people are coming to you, they know that they're getting a certain sound. You know what I'm saying? Um, official Daily Entertainment says, at this point in my career, if it's not fun for me, I don't even do it anymore. And that is where I would like to be. Quinn with the key says, Lexi, duck them haters, girl. Just a side note, it's Lexi, all one word, and then L-E-X capital C. But yeah, at this point, I'm, I'm still not completely comfortable um, with turning down sessions that I know I may not enjoy, except for certain clients who have proven that I will never have fun with them. Like one group of, well, one client in particular, who he would always be high and drunk coming to the sessions. And he's not the nice kind of drunk. And he was a type who, he is a type who he's not really, in my opinion, taking his craft very seriously. He sounded the same for a few years now, and I just haven't heard any progress from him. But that's also because he's not consistent enough to be able to improve in a shorter amount of time. So yeah, but financially, I'm still afraid of not making the money that I want to make 
if I deny too many people. So the way that I've kind of changed my mindset is that I, and I'm trying to become more of a people person as well because I am introvert, but here's where that performative aspect of engineering comes in, right? I have to be able to match the vibe. I have to be able to connect with people. Something that I think is my superpower when I'm in sessions with people is, and in life in general, I don't judge people and I'm very open to have all kinds of conversations. And so people feel really comfortable having different kinds of conversations with me to the point where they open up and we just have hours long conversations or I've had clients crying and I'm hugging them and we're like crying together because they are telling me about certain experiences. Like one client um, a few months ago broke down in front of me. and was like, you know, my mom was the only one who believed in me. And I didn't, I was going to give up on music, but then I came and recorded with you and you make it just sound amazing. And you're involved and you're giving me advice and you're making me feel like I can do this again. And I thank you. And it's just, it's a whole moment. I wanted to cry as well. But so the point that I'm getting at is I'm developing into the kind of person where I want to be able to put people's feelings first. I want to be able to have those relationships, those connections with people. So yeah, you might be able to find an engineer who's cheaper, but they're not going to make you sound the way I do. They're not going to give you the direction that I give you so that you're so that I can tell the difference between your verse and your hook or so that you're not delivering the same flow on every single song. I want to focus on creating those relationships. And these people are also going to understand that Lexi helps me with this stuff and we're cool and we could be friends, but I got to pay her what she's worth. So that's what I'm still working towards. I feel like it's taken me long, but you know, it's taken me a long time to get to the point of feeling this way, but I'm grateful that I finally got to this point. Um, and honestly, I took some bad advice years ago when I let someone tell me, you know, you should be charging for every little extra service that you do when really, no, the money, the money is going to come. People keep coming back because they enjoy the experience. If you keep hitting people upside of the head with, oh, I could vocally produce you, but that's going to be an extra $20 an hour. Or I could make suggestions on some of your writing, but that's going to be an extra so-and-so per hour. And I want so-and-so on the splits. So it's really just like finding a balance of finding a balance of getting paid what I'm worth, but also making sure that the experience is worth it for the people that are working with me, the people who are working with me. So Quinn with the key says, Lexi, duck them haters, girl. Positive reinforcement. Pillow Jones says, no freebies. They are going to have to pay me for my vocal production and musical knowledge. I went to school and put in work for this musical wisdom. <laughs> I definitely hear you on that. I know you said that a while ago, but that just fits in perfectly what I just said. Uh, Quinn with the key says, we got something big coming, girl. Yeah, we got to get in the lab, Quinn. Um, Quinn with the keys says, Lexi, we got a hit. Price going up, girly. Pillow Jones, team introvert. Potty, potty, potty. Official Daily Entertainment says, that's the rewards of being the wizard you are. Yeah, you know, people just feel comfortable with me and they be telling me their life stories. And 
that also gives me the opportunity to get to know who they are and then challenge them the next time I see them. Like, remember we had this conversation? Why don't we talk about that in your song? And I'm gonna let y'all in on the deeper part of that too. I've always wanted to be an artist, right? And fame, not necessarily for like the grandeur of it all, although I would like to benefit from the luxurious life, but I want it for the influence because I see how bad, how badly mentalities have been developed over the past few years. And I want the influence to help steer people or teach, teach people to move in the right direction. You know what I mean? So something that I had to come to terms with, I've always felt like being a musical artist gives me the international stage and platform that I'm searching for to have such influence. It seemed like, you know, the most common sense way for me to have a large reach with roughly minimal effort as far as like, it don't take much to record a song, right? But what I had to come to terms with is it was part of my plan to become well-known behind the scenes and have that help me to be elevated into the spotlight, right? So something I had to come to terms with was I already hold influence as an engineer. Just because I'm not influencing in the way that I originally envisioned does not mean that I don't have a significant impact on the people that I work with. So when I changed my mindset to, I have impact on all these people that I'm engineering and I have the opportunity to influence their music to get better and I have the opportunity to influence them to be better artists. When I changed my mindset to realizing that as a benefit of being an engineer, then engineering became more fun. I became more involved and it, it just got better from there. And I'm, I'm, I'm not being as rigid as I used to be. I'm letting go of the bad advice that people told me and I'm letting go of the bad energy that people put on me, all that good stuff. Pillow Jones says, now see clients like that, I don't mind helping, especially if they are appreciative of the experience they're having. The Real Eye says, yeah, that was bad advice. Few people just need a little guidance. Yeah, it was it was really bad advice, I realized, because it was when someone told me to like basically put a price point on everything that I offer, what it translates to people is I'm trying to constantly upsell you. I'm trying to constantly get money from you instead of communicating that I genuinely care about your music. I genuinely care how this product turns out. I genuinely care that you are going to walk away with something that you love from this whole experience of recording. And I guess this Lex chat should be more so about like the philosophy that I carry behind recording, which is I want people to make good music. And I it took me a little minute to realize or to maybe humble myself, I don't know, to understand that I already hold influence over people. It's just not necessarily packaged in the way that I saw when I had been dreaming about being in music all of these years. Um, and my family can tell you, especially my cousin, um, Braid Up by Kay. I don't know if she's still watching on here, but I've invested a lot into this music thing. But those investments have always been geared towards me being in the spotlight, me being the star. So 
And especially last year when I was put into situations where other people are in more major situations, but they don't do as much as I do. I had to humble myself. And it's like, if you see that somebody is closer to that opportunity than I am, if I see that someone is closer to that opportunity than I am, then I need to check myself and make sure that I'm doing my part to make sure they are successful. Because in the same thing with like trying to nickel and dime people out of every little service that you offer, people will gravitate to, to you. They will come back to you if you just make sure you give them a good experience and make sure you let them know that you care about what they're doing and you care about the music they're making. That's really what people want. And when they feel like you care about them, they're gonna come back to work with you. And as we all go through our changes in life, as their checks get bigger, they're gonna wanna pay you more. And it used to really irritate me. It irritates me depending on who it is. When certain artists will come in and they'd be like, man, when I blow up, I'm taking you with me. You're going to be my engineer. That's it. You the team. We got this. I'm like, nigga, you just started rapping three months ago. Calm down. Uh, I'm not trying to be tied down to you. But no. Uh, <laughs> and plus, I'm going to be my own star. I don't know if I'm going to have time to engineer you, nigga. But nah, it used to irritate me when certain people would say that. But now it doesn't bother me so much anymore because even if I am in the background, I'm still living out a form of the vision that I have for myself, which is influencing the music industry to produce better music. And music is one way that people's mind mindsets and mentalities are shaped. It's a very powerful tool. If I have a hand in influencing the product that comes out of that, then I'm doing my part to make the world a better place. That's how I look at it. Pillow Jones says, splits are indeed a non-negotiable for me, though. If my input ends up being a major part of the record, oh yeah, my name and percentage split will indeed be included or I'm hit and delete, King Petty. I <laughs> see what I do is the music ends up being like a form of collateral, right? So what I do, I don't send any songs until I get payment. So, and it's, it's wild, like restaurants, right? And getting your hair, makeup done, going out to eat. It's wild that they let you eat first before you pay for anything. Or it's wild that you get your hair done before you got to pay for anything. You don't know if I got the money. I always wonder how like hairstylists and like restaurant places handle that kind of stuff. But yeah, for me, I use the music as collateral. I won't delete all of your stuff, but you're not leaving with with a session. You're not leaving. Like, I'm not even going to send you an MP3 if I don't get my money. And that's just that's just that on that. That's how I kind of control how this goes. I have heard about someone getting their stuff deleted, though. Like, there was this girl who used to come to Rich Productions. And when she first came, she had her own engineer, some guy. But I think she and the guy got into an argument and she's actually a Jamaican artist too. They got into an argument and he deleted the whole session and they had been in there for like four hours at that point. I don't know what kind of argument they got into, but he deleted everything and she walked away with nothing that night. I think she had already paid him and everything. I was like, yo, one day I will be that savage. One day.
one day. Braid Up K says, you are damn good at what you do. So my question is, do you have a package deal that comes with different experiences? Because at the end of the day, your time is valuable. Yeah. When it comes to the studio, I'm going to screenshot that because that's a good ass point. Different experiences that I can provide. So I do have different price points for like, if people only want me to engineer, which is basically like they already know how they want to do the song. They just need somebody to make it to like record good sound quality and push buttons basically and do it, do what they tell me to do. That's like the basic flat engineering rate. This is how much you pay me per hour. Now, if they want me to be the engineer and be a vocal producer and help like contribute to writing on the song, then that's going to be a higher, a higher hourly rate. Um, and that's something that I typically discuss with them before we start the session. Like, hey, if you want me to help you write, because that's another thing too. What used to irritate me is people would expect me, people who don't pay a lot, right? Because I'm working at kind of like a budget studio. People who are not great clients expecting me to want to give my input when I don't like you as a client. I don't like my experience with you as a client. So it's like a give and take uh, when it comes to like the engineer and artist relationship, right? The engineer has to listen to the artist and compliment whatever the artist is doing. But the artist has to be able to communicate with the engineer what is the goal or what are we working towards. And unfortunately, even though I'm the one pushing the buttons, some of these niggas, I've never had issues with any ladies that I've recorded. Except one. The same one who got her stuff deleted by that one dude, I might add. But uh, these niggas be acting like they can talk to me any kind of way. And then they get upset when I'm not telling them whether or not the take was good. I'll say it in the nicest way possible, right? I'll be like, we'll do a take. And they'll say, all right, what you think about that, Lex? And I'll push the talk back. I'll be like, what do you think about it? Do you like it? Okay, if you like it, let's move on. Or if you don't like it, let's do it again. But yeah, if I don't enjoy my experience with you as a client, I'm not going to try to give you no input. I'm not really trying to write for you. I'm not trying to vocally produce you. I'm just there to press buttons. And I had a client like that. And this is like sidebar. There are actually a few. I don't work with them no more, which I'm real thankful. But there are some artists, some new rappers who really believe that they have to be high and drunk to to get a certain performance in the studio. And I try to educate them and be like, Oh, y'all are saying that this is not my real eyelash. Uh-huh. I try to educate them and let them know, um, you know, you got to think about when you're on a, a bigger level, are you going to be depending on smoking and drinking at, just before you get on stage and you got to do three or four shows a week, 50 cities? Like, how are you going to, are you going to be drinking and smoking every single time to get into the vibe? Like, No. At some point, you need to become kind of like a, like, like an actor when it comes to this music thing and pretend that you are the character of whatever song you are performing, whatever the topic is, get in the character. Because if you're relying on these substances, that's like a doorway to drug abuse and a doorway to dependency on alcohol and drugs or whatever vice they choose. This is why I don't wear mascara. Oh my gosh, I can feel the clumps. Yeah, I 
please. All right. Pillow Jones says, but yeah, to your point, cause I do, I do have different price points depending on what people ask me. Um, depending on what people are expecting of me, like how involved they want me to be. It's a conversation we have before the session gets started. Am I just engineering? Do you want me to help you write a little bit? Do you want me to vocally produce you and pull out the best possible performance out of you? Once we establish that, then they get the hourly. But if it's like a general engineering thing, but also on the flip side, so I could take that approach or I could just raise my rate all across the board. Um, probably like what Libby has. Libby said he's charging $130 an hour to engineer. Libby's just on a different level though. He signed, he got pub deals, he got major placements. But when you work with him, no matter who he works with, he is actively involved with the process. So I think I'm leaning more towards, I'm just going to raise my rate and everybody has to pay that or not be my client anymore. Um, but that rate will automatically include, okay, if you are hiring me, you will always get the experience of an involved engineer, an engineer who's listening an engineer who cares about how you're performing the song and I care about how this is going to turn out and I care about the lyrics that you are putting down. So I'll get more hourly, but they also need to understand that I'm getting credits on these songs because I helped to make them what they are. The engineer is like one of the most important people in this whole equation and more artists, especially these new little rappers that keep popping up, they need to understand that. And I'm working to educate the youngest. He a, yo, a little young one too. The one I was talking about who comes high and drunk to the sessions. I don't work with him no more. I haven't worked with him in two years. I told him why I don't work with him. Oh yeah. Ugh. Am I taking off my liner? I hope not. I'm just taking off the mascara. I don't remember putting mascara on. Yeah. Uh, Pillow Jones says if they need everything, I don't even bother with a per hour situation. I just charge one flat fee for it all. They usually like that because they see the value of not feeling rushed to create the song. Yeah. So, and that's a good point too. Um, I will. So like, let's say they want me to write a song for them. Cause I actually, I don't mind writing in session, but I usually like to write by myself a lot of times. So writing with someone in a studio and I don't know you like that, it can be kind of uh, annoying for me. It can be kind of intimidating sometimes. So what I do with my songwriting, if they live in Atlanta, so I charge a flat fee for songwriting, but my songwriting includes four hours of vocal production. So if you're in Atlanta and you paid me to write a song for you, I'll pull up to whatever studio you're recording at, or if you're recording with me, hopefully they come record with me because I get the money from the, the fee that they paid for me to write the song. And then I get the hourly engineering fee. So, but I include four hours of vocal production in my songwriting price for people who are in Atlanta. So if they need me to pull up somewhere and um, help to vocally produce the song to get it where it's supposed to be, then I'll do that for the price that I charge. But yeah, one of the worst feelings is feeling rushed in the studio. Um, and unfortunately, <laughs> with some of this, 
with a budget studio, like where it's not a lot per hour, you're working with people who don't have a lot to spend. So they're trying to squeeze every last minute of studio time to get something recorded, but they're sacrificing the quality of it because, you know, they just, they sacrifice the quality of it because they're more focused on trying to like rush it and get it done versus having it done well. Not realizing that you will end up spending more money in the long run if you do it that way, because you're always going to have to come back and make it better versus you could have just done it better the first time. Uh, Braid up by K says, be sure you have all these agreements in writing before they book in regards to, you know, what people are expecting of me when we do these sessions. Hi. Pillow Jones says, most introverts definitely like writing alone. Way less irritating. Less irritating and I get my ideas out a lot easier when I'm writing by myself versus having to consider three, four, five other voices. And everybody wants to do a different subject matter and everybody wants to do a different flow. But somehow we're trying to make it all mesh together and it just... I don't like it. I dealt with that last year. Everybody's fighting to get their lyrics into the song because, you know, it's a chance for a major placement and it's just not enjoyable for me. But, uh, yeah, what are we, we talking about some things. We talking about engineering, ain't we? I guess I want to touch on, because we're nearing like the close, like the out, the close of the hour. So I want to touch on... Um, yeah, the performative aspect that I was mentioning earlier, especially being an introvert, right? I don't always have the energy. Like people think I'm outgoing and I am outgoing once I get to know you. And for some reason, I'm pretty outgoing when it comes to these Instagram lives and um, yeah, being on social media. But in general, if I don't know you, then you would think I'm an introvert. I am an introvert but only until I know you. So if I don't know you for real, I'm not trying to be all up in your face. I'm not giving you extra energy. I'm just, we not doing too much. What is she doing in there? She's in my kitchen, motherfucker. Oh, oh girl, I was gonna hurt you if you were on my counters. I still got my spaghetti and stuff on the counter. I totally forgot that she can still, she can climb on the counters now. She can climb on the countertops. If she would have been in my spaghetti, oh, you are never getting out of your room again. But anyway, so people think that, you know, just because I'm outgoing on here, that I'm outgoing in real life. In real life, unless I know you, I'm very quiet. I come off very shy. I might even come off bitchy because I have resting bitch face and I don't smile a lot. <laughs> I love to smile, but if I don't know you, I'm not really smiling around you. And that, that kind of rubs people the wrong way. Uh, especially the other day, I was in a session with one of my clients who I've been working with him for over six months. So I have a good relationship with him. I can joke around with him. We have a good time in our sessions, but when new people come into the session and it's a girl, she thought me and him were messing around. So she brought weird energy to the session. <laughs> and like he noticed that I wasn't as bubbly as, as soon as she came in. And it's just like, well, 
you gotta you gotta understand because I was the same way with him and he understood it once I explained it and reminded him like hey I was the same way with you when we first started working together I wasn't all up I wasn't all bubbly I wasn't jokey I was still trying to figure you out for probably at least the first month that I that I started working with you and it's the same thing when new people come into the studio I don't I'm observing you. I'm in observation mode when I first meet people, especially in a safe place. That's the studio is supposed to be my safe, my safe place. So when it comes to the studio and when it comes to like my personal life, I have to observe you for a certain amount of time to determine if it's safe for me to be myself in front of you. If I determine that it's safe for me to be myself in front of you, then I will open up and we can have fun. And I start joking. I'm actually quite hilarious. I've been told, but, um, if I observe you and I determine that I don't like your energy or I don't feel safe opening up to you, then you will get a limited, a limited edition of me, <laughs> a limited version of me. You will not get my full bubbly self. Let's see. Pillow Jones, especially if there are whack voices and opinions. Oh my God, with all the writers being in one room? Yeah, I dealt with that last year. I don't care how major the situation and the opportunity was going to be. I don't like being in a room where there's five writers and there's like five random niggas in there hyping up the situations, smoking weed, being loud. Like, I just don't like that situation. It's not a happy place for me. Right Up K says, you have always liked being by yourself, but when you get to know people, it's a completely different person. Yeah, I'm more goofy. I like to laugh a lot. Y'all laughing at this. Yeah, she she ran upstairs. She knows she's not supposed to be in the kitchen at all, but she insists on going in there because she knows the food is in there. But for like the past couple weeks, right, I've gone through a couple loaves of bread because she can jump on the counter now. And the fridge is right there. I keep the bread on top of the fridge. For the past couple of weeks, she would be climbing on the counter when I'm away at work, getting the bread, biting through the packaging and eating up the bread. I'm just like, girl, I get home and it's all stale. So, oh my God, I just, she was about to get yoked up on live if she was in my spaghetti. Y'all just don't know. Anyway, Braid Up K says, that is so me like Kevin Gates. So I am an introvert and get mistaken for aggression. <laughs> all the time and there was actually a period in time I think this is before you moved here Kim but there was a period when like I think I was in elementary but I never smiled never and I would tell mom and dad and Angie oh I'm happy on the inside I just don't feel like I need to smile on the outside and so <laughs> they used to really worry about me and looking back, I worry about myself. Like, what was going on with me back then? I don't know. I just I just didn't smile at all. Phyllis Jones said, man, listen, you better put that spaghetti away. That is a TikTok cat video waiting to happen. Listen, she, she, child. Phyllis Jones says, I remember when I first met you at Icon, you were very quiet and reserved. Very nice and polite, though. Thank you. She back. You better be on the floor. Yeah, yeah, run. Oh, she already left. <sighs> That's it for the Lex chat for today on my experience and my philosophy on engineering. If you enjoyed this 
topic discussion today. If you are on YouTube, make sure you give me a big thumbs up. Make sure you like the video. Make sure you subscribe and hit the notification bell so you'll be notified each and every time I post new content. If you are a patron, shout out to the latest patron that came and uh, subscribed, became a patron of mine, Alton Thomas. Welcome to the Patreon family. If you would like to become a patron for as little as $5 a month, you can become a supporter of mine at patreon.com slash LexiATL. And you will get the live experience. You will get all the content before the general public sees it. You will get the bonus material of the Lex chats that I do weekly. So there's an extra 30 minutes of content that goes into the Lex chat that the general public will not see because they're just not part of that Patreon family. So if you want that, you want exclusive behind the scenes and you want first dibs on the merchandise that I'm dropping, become a patron at patreon.com slash LexiATL for as little as $5 a month. And it really helps me be less insecure about my financial situation because I know people are supporting me financially. Just a little tidbit there. But um, thank you all so much for joining me in this Lex chat this week. Until next time, my name is Lexi. Peace.